We're chipping away at everything that isn't you, reconnecting with the part of yourself that loves you unconditionally, sees the real you, and accepts your authentic self. When you disconnect from the opinions of others, work in your mindset, and stand in your power, you feel expanded, alive, and confident. This podcast is where we discuss a range of topics that help you bring you back to your heart space. Topics like body image healing, your relationship with food, mind and body connection, mindset and relationships. We get real, we get messy, we're vulnerable and we're unfiltered. This is Heart Space with Stacey. Welcome back for another week. We kicked off Binge Pray Love this week and I'm so excited to be leading these amazing women through their binge and emotional overeating healing journey um, to reclaim back their self-confidence, their body confidence, and their lives and their health as well. So I'm so excited to be taking them through that. If you did miss out on this round of Binge Pray Love, I will be opening enrollments again in a month or so, um, just letting these ladies settle for a little bit and seeing where I can go with it next and how much capacity that I have. Um, Today I am joined by a lovely lady who I have known for many, many years. Um, We have a very similar background actually in terms of our journeys with disordered eating and body image and finding our way back to reclaiming our health um, and feeling better in our bodies and, and food freedom. We both now do CrossFit. We're both very passionate about this space and that is uh, with Katie Fisher. So in this episode, we discuss a lot about uh, Katie's journey from disordered eating, um, also how she found bodybuilding, how she got out of that as well, and what techniques and tools that she used, which are really practical and implementable, if that's even a word, easy to implement. Um, And then we also talk a lot about women's hormones and cycle syncing, which is also something that I am currently reading up a lot about. I'm currently reading a book called Life and Flow, and it is all about how men and women have two different cycles, basically, and how the world has been set up to mimic the man cycle of 24 hours. But women also have a different cycle of 28 days and that's our menstrual cycle so within this menstrual cycle we have obviously rising and falling of our main hormones which is estrogen and progesterone and throughout those rising and falling periods we are better at certain types of exercise we're better at recovery um and then you know when our estrogen and progesterone are starting to dip we should be changing our exercise because we don't have the same amount of strength or cardiovascular activity to be able to do the same kinds of exercise. But women are not aware of this and women try and push themselves every single day of the week for every week of the month, not realizing that we're actually working against our bodies. So this episode with Katie was really insightful. Um, and validates a lot about what I'm learning at the moment, but is really helpful for anyone who has a bleed. Even if you have, if you're on the hormonal contraceptive pill, um, we talk a little bit about the impact that that has on your hormones, your mental health, and physical health as well. Um, but from a standpoint of practicality and actually being able to really understand your body and come home to your body and um, tune into what your body is telling you and what the best thing for you at this point in time is. It's a great episode if you want to learn more about that. So I am so excited to bring this to you and I will get into it. 
Today I'm joined by Katie. Um, I've known Katie for so many years back from our bodybuilding days and we've been quite on a similar journey. Um, and so I brought Katie on to discuss her previous experience with disordered eating, body image, um, and what she does now to help women in the space as well. Um, so I'm really excited for this conversation because you have so much value to offer and so much knowledge in the space of like the human um, or women's bodies. Um, so I'm really keen to get your intake on it. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for having me on today, Stacey. Um, yeah, it's we've done a couple of potties together and, um, and lives and so so excited when we get to get together again and have a chit chat so I'm like an up and book today totally happy to share anything and everything awesome so maybe start with um I guess your background and maybe like a timeline of like where you started and where how you got to where you are today and um, anything else that you feel like is important to share within that journey mm-hmm. okay so hello listeners <laughs> so like as you oh, Stacey said um I just almost joined our names together there like Casey and Stacey <laughs> um, so we're just Casey now <laughs> um uh I have been working in the fitness industry now close to nine years so like Stacey I started going to the gym when I was pretty like reasonably young I, I was uh, in my like 21 and I just started in a corporate job and I was needing to manage my stress a little bit better so I uh, started going and, and I started doing a bit of weights and I really enjoyed it. I was big into classes uh, and I met my husband now uh, when I was 23 and he was big into it. And so we started training together and naturally I kind of started to gravitate towards bodybuilding and aesthetics um, and I always kind of struggled with my mental health around body acceptance and confidence. And so I, yeah, I started to get kind of sucked into the bodybuilding world. And um, for a good uh, three to five years, I got really sucked into re restrictive dieting, over-exercising, uh, bodybuilding, and, you know, that entire kind of um, all-consuming space of, of this aesthetic training. Um, and I lost my period uh, for a while. And... I, at, first I, at first, I thought it was pretty great, you know, and I know, especially when you lost yours too, you were like, oh, um, and I was like, well, this is kind of cool, but then I started to wonder what the implications were, what was in, in losing my period, um, and at that time, I had gone back to uni to study to become a PT, uh, because my passion for helping people had kind of led me in that direction, um, and so naturally, because I was going to be training clients soon, I wanted to be able to advise on, you know, if this was normal and what to do. And the more I looked into it and the more I was kind of like, hey, this is not cool. Like when this happens, you actually start to like, you risk osteopenia, which is brittle bones. Um, you know, like your mental health suffers more because estrogen and, and serotonin uh, estrogen and progesterone are responsible for helping with serotonin and dopamine which are the neurotransmitters that help with happiness um you know like your hormones uh, interact with your thyroid which uh, is for hormone regulation and uh, metabolism uh so everything is interconnected and i actually found it really concerning that nobody was talking about this so naturally i'm pretty obsessed 
with with this kind of topic, women's hormones, um, and also hormonal birth control. Um, why we had to take hormonal birth control, what it actually did, did it actually balance hormones, that kind of stuff. Um, and then as my PT career progressed and my shift for myself focused off aesthetics, I started to look into health and hormones and training in different ways. Um, and so now I have a program called Flow Coaching. And so this is how I train my clients in person. And it's how I train myself. So that's kind of my background. Awesome. And so just want to go back. So you mentioned that you like were gravitating towards bodybuilding and like the restrictive um, mm-hmm. area. Do you have any insight into like why that was or what made you gravitate towards that? Like, was it um, external messages or was that like a, just a way mm-hmm. to hide what was going on? Like, like what was the draw to bodybuilding for you? I think like I'm going to be really vulnerable and like an open book here. Um, I, and so anybody listening, um, this is, you know, how I feel about it. Um, And naturally because I found it pretty damaging for my mental health, I maybe view this in a more negative light. Um, So if, if you're interested in bodybuilding and you are super interested in aesthetics, please don't take this the wrong way. But I kind of moved into a space where, you know, we were we were in a gym which really promoted the kind of message of go hard or go home and there's mirrors everywhere and everybody is kind of flaunting what they got. Um, and so I, I started to feel really insecure about that. Um, and so I was, you know, comparing myself a lot, like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, have apps like that or I don't look like that or um, – and – because I kind of didn't have great body confidence or self-confidence, I just found that the internal messaging that I started to, the, the little wheel that started to go was like, oh, I need to work harder because I don't look like any of these people. And so I became obsessed um, in, a, in a pretty negative way with changing how I looked to try and fit into somewhere a bit more because I was, I was feeling like I really didn't fit uh, and I was struggling with friends at that point in time. So my brain decided that if I looked a certain way, maybe I looked fit, then I might be more accepted into the fitness industry and I might be able to make more friends. Um, And maybe I might dislike myself less if I looked a certain way. Um, Maybe I'd get more clients as a PT, which, you know, I was studying at the time. So that's kind of why I fell into it. I, I didn't like how I looked and I didn't like myself. So I thought maybe I could just sculpt myself into a version that I liked. That yeah. Is, um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that is it's quite interesting because a lot of the women that um, I work with, with disordered body image or body dysmorphia mm-hmm. um, feel the same in that it's kind of like, they feel like their body is the thing that is not allowing them to be accepted. Mm. Or if I just change the way that I look, then I'm going to have all of these friends or get all of these clients. And, you know, then I'll be able to do the things that make me successful. Mm. Um, and it's yeah. been able to like, I guess, change that mindset and realize that it has absolutely nothing to do with your body. So how did you get from like that to then, obviously you want to know physically what was happening, like what sort of mental journey mm. did you go on in terms of changing that comparison and I have to be working harder or changing the way that I look like what did that look like for you 
I mean, I think I just got to a point very similar to you where I didn't have any fight left. Um, I'd been doing it for so, so, so long and running on very little caloric intake. Um, I kind of lost the rationale and reason like why I was doing it. it it kind of it just got to the point where I just one day turned around and it had been time and time again after the other where I couldn't go to do certain things with friends I was saying no to dinners because I was eating out of a Tupperware um I I couldn't choose like a dress to go to a friend's wedding in because I just went into a changing room and nothing I you know everything I put on I ended up crying you know I I, I couldn't purchase an item of clothing because I felt so bad about myself so I'm, I'm mentally just got so much, I, get, I guess I got so overwhelmed and so sad and so depressed that I got to a point where I kind of hit rock bottom. Uh, my body was done. My body was tired and set up. Like I was constantly sore. I wasn't sleeping properly. I was getting injured. Um, I'd lost my period. And so, you know, your mind can only go for so long before it gives out. And I think I got to a point where I just went, is this it? <laughs> is this, is this it? Like, is this where is this is this the cost that I want to pay in order to look a certain way? I can't do anything anyway. Nobody wants to hang out with me because I'm like boring and sad. And um, you know, I I can't go to a restaurant. I'm I'm like, and my partner and he was just like, he had struggled with bulimia since a young teenager, and he could see the road I was going down, and he just sat me down and he just said to me hey like I don't want to see you go down this road I know where you're going and it's not good um do you want to talk about it and I just cried and cried and cried and I was like I don't know what to do and he goes well I think I think it's time to get some help and I started to see a counselor and um at that point in time I was also going to like I'd pay to go and get my boobs done yeah. and yeah and because I you know I in the bodybuilding world you, you you've got to have boobs or like you know you can't compete like it's just no good and I felt pretty masculine and so I was going to do this and I talked to my counselor and I said oh yes I'm going to do this thing and uh he said to me okay well you know that's not going to change anything about how you feel about yourself right and I said I don't care I'm going to do it anyway and I think you're wrong and he said to me all right, well, go and do what you need to do. And when you're ready to tackle this, uh, come back and let's talk because nothing that you do on the outside is going to change how you feel about the inside. I'm really sorry, Katie, but this is an inside job. Mm -hmm. And I went away and did it and came back and he was 100% right. It's an inside job. Yeah. Wow. So do you regret going through with that? It's really like, you know, I've had this question a lot and uh, in some respects, a little, yes, because um, it's limited my movement for uh, butterfly pull-ups and rope climbs. Like I can st I can feel tension and it's not very comfortable. Um, so it has limited my performance capabilities, which which makes me pretty sad. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it, it did help in a small way for me to feel more feminine and I was not feeling super feminine at the time so uh it definitely has like kind of helped me feel more feminine and, and sexy in in my own mind so I don't regret it would I do it all over again I'm not sure yeah 
That's so interesting. I've been thinking about this recently because I have mm. a friend who is actually getting hers out soon. Um, Ooh. And she's had a whole range of health issues probably related to mm. um, to them. And I love, like, I'm pretty open in that, you know, I've got a hand mm. of as well and I love the way they look and I love how feminine. Mm they make me feel because I never felt that like mm. I felt feminine but I never felt yeah. it to the um to the extent that I do now that I have I actually have some boobs but I would not go through yeah. it again purely for the fact that I would never put my body through a surgery that it didn't yeah. need for aesthetics or for like putting something in my body and I'm like I can't believe that I just I just never even considered that as a 24 25 year old have have well, mm. about however old I was um that I was like oh whatever I was just so nonchalant about it just just cut me open and put them in and now I'm like oh my gosh you just you know I'm just so much more respectful to my body than putting it through um a surgery that it doesn't need and having I guess foreign objects in there so um I totally resonate with that hmm Um, definitely I I definitely yeah it's a it's a catch-22 like you I really enjoy I enjoy them at the same time I wonder like oh I wonder how they're gonna look when I'm 60 (laughs) hopefully all good (laughs) no don't want to think about it but it is it is on my mind Um, you know redone get them out you know what does that look like in the future because it's 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 an object it's going to eventually Mm -hmm. fail um and that scares me I think um so in terms of so you went on this journey and and I guess started working on your mindset and everything so what did that actually look like so if someone's at the moment that at that point where like I can't do this anymore I'm like you know the point where you Mm. is this it what did it actually look like for you to start working on um relationship with food body image and confidence and everything right so like my counselor said and like I always tell my clients now and I'm probably sure you do too um it really starts with an inside job so for me it was catching like my counselor gave me some really simple practical tips and he said he just wanted me to catch the negative self-talk that was going on first so whenever I got a oh my gosh do I look like xyz catching those kind of statements or walking past a reflective surface and judging catching that um working on he, he was asking me some really interesting questions around who was I actually and what did I like what did I like doing he was trying to figure out like obviously I had a, a, quite a few masks that I was putting on and off to try and hide the the vulnerable true person um, that was on the inside and so I think he was he was trying to get me to get in touch with that person who I decided wasn't worthy of really stepping into a spotlight and um, getting kind of in touch with her. And so I uh, started to do things that I liked to do more. So like I like to paint um, and he was encouraging me to spend time with people who um, really love and support me um, to enjoy eating foods that still relatively like felt safe-ish but would were pushing the boundaries around what I felt comfortable eating um going out and trying new experiences and finding out what I enjoyed so so kind of getting me in touch with with myself again um so and then also uh myself like it took me a few years you know I tried a, a few different training modalities 
And the clincher for me was actually stopping training in a gym with so many mirrors where I was body checking all of the time. And body checking is when you catch yourself in a reflective surface and you judge yourself. Um, I, I, I knew that that was triggering for me and I needed to not be in that environment. So I started, I relinquished my training control around my own training and exercise, which I was holding on very tightly to. Um, and I went back to functional training, back to CrossFit. And I've been with my gym now for about five, four, four or five years. Wow. And so I trusted my coaches. I, I, I talked to them, the head coach, who was a very inspiring woman. And I said to her, I am terrified to do this. Uh, I've been obviously training, uh, controlling my own training for a really long time now, but I know in order to move forward with my relationship with my body and exercise and food, I need to give up the control here. Like I know that my perception of what I can control and can't control is something I need to move on from. And so she said, I got you queen. And um, so I, I stuck to the programming and the classes that they were doing for me. And I, I trusted them with my whole being and of course like my whole relationship around exercise changed no longer that become a chore yeah I love that I um I love that you found that in CrossFit as well and and getting away from them like you can't heal in the same place that made you sick right you can't can't. like if you've got disordered eating or body image issues and you're training around people who have the same mindset and then around all of these mirrors, yeah. it's so hard to break free. So actually just moving, yeah. you know, moving gyms or, you know, getting a different training modality is sometimes like the catalyst for change. So that's, um that's so cool. And so tell me now about how, like how you train, you're very big on women's hormones and, um yep. and I guess cycle syncing and like tell me about your business and how you train now and I guess um anything that you feel like sharing in that capacity oh, okay so uh like I said before what I do is, is a program called flow coach so um for my for our listeners out here who have period um this is really important so I noticed in CrossFit, and Cecilia, you probably noticed too, is that like for the first two weeks of your cycle, you're actually like slaying Metcons. And then like in the middle of your cycle, you can probably pull some of the biggest PBs that that you've done in that month. Um, And my running splits, because I like to run half marathons for fun. Uh, Some people think I'm nutty, but that's quite fun. Um, and I noticed my split times in my runs, like at the start, just the, like once my period was finished that, that first week, oh, it was like amazing. It felt like euphoric, like my split times were amazing. I was like, I feel great. And then the week before my period, it's just in the luteal phase. I was like, I feel trash. <laughs> um, and then I was like, I noticed with when I was like PTing um, and, and coaching, you know, I noticed there started to be this huge trend uh, without me saying anything to my clients. They would come in, they'd be a few days out from the period and I'd be like, okay, like, you know, and I'd set up their strengths and I'd be like, here's our strengths, our warm up. And then they'd be like, Katie, I don't want to do a Metcon today. I'm tired. And I was like, oh, it's not just me. It's everybody else as well. And then, you know, they'd come in and I'd watch them absolutely smash through in the first two weeks um, with like, Amazing. Like if we did rounds for time, they were like slaying these rounds for time. Uh, in their um, 
EMOMs, they were having this extra big chunk of time to rest, which is every minute on the minute. So you complete some exercises and then you can rest for the remainder of the minute. So they were finishing like at 30 seconds, they having 30 seconds of rest. And I was like, wow. And so I, I started noticing this trend and obviously with myself as well. So I started to do lots of research, like heaps, hours of research into, into this. I was already really interested in hormones anyway, but I started to look at like hormones and then training. And so I started to read a lot of um, articles who were by um, universities who had done studies on athletes, women athletes, and around like Olympic training um, and getting them ready for the Olympics. And they they were saying there was evidence to provide in the articles that I was reading and uh, material like by people like Lara Bryden who, who talk about uh, different um, energy fluctuations and cycles. Um, to show that actually our bodies lean into different training modalities and lend themselves towards different training modalities um, at different parts of our cycle. And so I looked at when we were our strongest, when we most utilized oxygen the best, um, and when we got injured the most, because those were fundamental things for me to consider when training my clients, right? So... First of all, uh, I found in the research uh, that in the first part of our cycle, we utilize oxygen like so much better. Um, the estrogen and the progesterone because uh, our hormones are high, like, you know, we're like coming back up into that big peak um, before we ovulate. Like our bodies are so effective and we recover because we've got um, great stores of estrogen then. So our bodies recover quickly and we don't get as sore. So I, I put emphasis with my clients into cardiovascular load in that in that first kind of week. And I was giving them more endurance activities and more, like I was saying, look, let's finish with a Metcon this week uh, or a harder Metcon this week. Uh, let's do a bit of strength accessory and then let's focus on some endurance technique too. Um, and then coming up into ovulation, which is week, week two, the middle of your cycle, um, I started to say, okay, let's, like keep the cardiovascular stuff going in there if you want, because we still, our bodies are really primed for it. Uh, but let's in that week uh, pull some PBs. And so, you know, I was getting my clients to like nail their first pull-ups, uh, their deadlift PRs, their squat PRs, and they were absolutely smashing them. And I was like, oh, damn, this is working. <laughs> um, and I started to train myself like this. So in CrossFit, I, you know, I look at our programming and I'm like, okay, cool, this week I'm pulling PRs. Um, and I noticed like not only was I like so much stronger in that week and so were all of my clients, they were like, so they were like feeling amazing. They were like, wow, like this is so cool. I feel really good. My body feels good. Like this feels, this feels really awesome. And then as the hormones start to drop in the luteal phase, which is, you know, coming into week three, then I started to get, I'm sore, I'm tired, uh, I can't handle stress very well. I, like, I'm emotional. I've got PMS. And so that week I started to focus on just tech and practice. So I'm like, let's taper off all of the endurance side of, side of things. Um, and, you know, keep cardio very, very short if that's what you want to do. Drop the intensity. Um, and so that week, me and my clients, we focus on kind of getting all of our lifts technically sound, like really beautiful, really great form. Uh, lifting moderate to heavy but 
listening in with body because in that week uh, we can be a little more prone to injury because we don't have uh, as much estrogen going on to help with recovery. Um, And then in week four, when we're bleeding, a lot of my clients just like flat. They're just like, they don't want to be there. (laughs) I'm like, all right. So we focus on deload that week. Um, And so we pull it right back to basics, just again, tech and practice, but like even just like we're moving and grooving, we're having fun, we're doing exercises that they like to do um, without any expectation around uh, there's, there's no PBs in that week. I'm not expecting them to pull PBs. There's no way that their bodies will be able to do that. Um, and so in that week for me, you know, I focus on doing like kind of like circuits, stuff that's fun. You know, uh, I love uh, doing kind of like, yeah, more circuit training for them in that week. And also for me, like just enjoying it um, and and not having too much expectation as well. Um, if they are feeling super bad, then like I offer them in my programming on my app, I've got a stretch program so I'd say look just do a little bit of moving and grooving and then go and do some yin yoga which is what I've got underneath my training so it's just all about listening in and then they're also primed again to hit that next training block and and be feeling really motivated and refreshed as opposed to just rolling into a new strength cycle feeling really depleted and just tired yeah I was going to say that it must that's like actually incredible and the fact that um I think I said before we started recording is the fact that we're not actually mm-hmm. taught about this as women blows my mind um that yeah. you know, we don't know what is happening with our bodies in our cycle or what happens with our hormones or how we can best use it to our advantage because I can appreciate probably with some of your clients is that and I guess I have seen this with myself before I started to learn about it is that I'd get really down on myself. Like last week, yeah. I was like, weights, and last week I could do that. Like what, what is wrong with me? Why can't I do that now? And so mm. actually understanding what's going on and why physiologically you can't do the same is because your hormones are different. It's got nothing yeah. to do with your yeah. effort or with your ability. It's just that this isn't the week and that's okay. And actually starting to realize that and work mm. with your body is probably like mentally a lot better because now there's not that pressure to always be performing the same Um, because we're not like, you know, men probably can because they have the consistency of those hormones and they don't have those cycles. Um, But women are so different and it's, it's it's so important. And I guess you kind of did touch on it, but for people who like for myself as well, and I guess for people who do things like CrossFit, where there is um, Mm. like programmed workouts that you can't, you know, how do you change that if there's like a set thing that you're supposed to be doing? Do you just modify it or do you choose which days you go to? Like, what does that look like for your personal training? Yeah, uh, this is something that I do. And all of my, like, I've got some clients who have worked with me for years and then uh, have moved to other countries or to, you know, they've moved on with their journey. Like, you know, no one that I can teach fundamentals and I can teach training modalities, but at some point, like, you know, there's going to be a, like a cap onto to how far I can take somebody and it's time for them to move on. Um, and what makes my heart absolutely sing is that I was speaking to one of my good friends and clients who's in Dublin now, and she's, she's training at a CrossFit box there. And she came in, she was like, Katie, it's PR week. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, uh, I'm ovulating this week and I'm smashing all of my PBs. And I was like, oh, and I was like, just so stoked. I was like, yes. And she was like, yeah. And I said, do you still, you know, like you take, 
uh, the our modalities, the way that we're training. Do you take that? She was like, yeah, I, ever since we've worked together, I've this is how I train now. I take the mindfulness everywhere I go and so that I can work with my body. And I like wanted to cry. I was like, oh, I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for, for basically like uh, I know, for example, like uh, this week, today, in fact, I'm about to start my period. I went into training this morning and we had front squats, heavy front squats uh, and rows. And then we had a uh, 21, 15, and 9 of heavy front squats again and toaster bar. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I was like, yo, yo, there's no way that I could do heavy front squats today. Like my lower back's really sore. I know that like my cramps are about to set in. Like my energy is probably a two out of 10. Um, but I want to move. Like I want to, I want to feel good. So I kept my squats light. And then I did a more dynamic row. So I did like a plank row instead of like a bent over row because like it's like a full body movement. I could feel like it was like a, like quite a nice dynamic movement and it wasn't too much pressure on my lower back when I was having to bend over when my lower back was feeling already a little sore. Um, and then for my 21, 15 and nine, um, again, with the heavy front squats, what I did is I did pistols instead so a body weight movement because I wanted to move it was so hard. Yeah. you could you, you could do an assisted pistol uh so I did pistols and then toes to bar but focus on really beautiful movement so instead of racing the clock I was wanting to make sure every rep was perfect you know it's really beautiful focusing on that real core uh squeeze so I still do the same program to work out I just scale them depending on where I am right so if I'm in the middle of a cycle and I know for me it's PR week or, or I really want to focus on my strengths, if we have um, an EMOM that's, you know, like they're trying to fit a lot of reps into that, that one minute, I'll drop the rep so that I can make it heavier because I know that I'm going to get the most out of my strength gains that week. So, yeah, I just kind of shift and slide around the same programming, just different rep schemes and stuff like that. That's so cool. And that must feel like so intuitive with your body as well, like making these decisions and being able to change, I guess, what's prescribed and just being able to listen and say, no, today I'm not feeling that. So I'm going to do what works for me. Um, that's so empowering. Mm. I'm I'm going to take that and start doing that with CrossFit because I'm a sucker for being like, well, it says 70%. So today I'm going yeah. to try get 70%. Yeah, uh, I think as well, like, my gym is very um holistic in the sense where they give lots of variations like they're like the the ethos around it is like you know not killing yourself so like it's totally cool and like the coaches uh, I'm all super super friendly with and so when like they'll normally ask me yo Katie what are you doing today and I'll just be like oh like today I was like to Krista I was like Krista I'm doing pistols and she was like oh cool I'm gonna do pistols too and so you know everyone's just so chill and they're like supportive so I mean they kind of know that some days I'll either make it way more difficult for myself or I'll like pull back and they're not bothered about it um but I just kind of let them know I just let them like vibe and they're like wow that's really really cool like power to you girl so I mean, I can see most CrossFit coaches being like totally on board with this. Oh, absolutely. My gym is very similar in that you can literally modify a workout or change a workout to do whatever the heck you want. And they really yeah. won't care. And I'll give you advice of to how to change it. It's, I think it's for me, yeah. it's, 
it's definitely more of a um a mindset thing that I probably need to change and mm-hmm. that you don't always have to be hitting that 70 percent and um yes I'm going to take a lot from this conversation and start to implement it um honestly I like just try it for just try it for one month and tell me how good your PBs are in the middle yeah. when you've had a little bit of a deload it's honestly it's you'll you'll surprise yourself I each month I get fear I'm like oh yeah I was like I was killing it and I'm adding like my little score to the PR board and I'm like yeah like stoked with myself is there anything else that you change throughout your cycle like um obviously like strength and energy is different but do you change anything in terms of like work or social things because I know that in certain times of your cycle Mm. it's better to be social and sometimes you don't want to be do you change anything else around like that um, I mean, th- that would the book that you're reading at the moment is that kind of around living in flow, around like with work and social as well. Yeah, I haven't got that far so, into it, but I think so. Yeah, yeah. So there's like there's this big movement at the moment with women, um, and or and people who bleed, uh, around, uh, working with your cycle too, like like working like as in when you're bleeding, like not really working, um, or just doing minimal amounts of work so that you can give your body time to rest. Um, uh, I'd like to say that, yes, I work super with my cycle, uh, with work, but, uh, I'm lucky that I have some really phenomenal clients in the sense where if I have really bad period cramps, um, and I just sit on a little box and I tell them to load and unload their weights, they're going to do it. Um, instead of me having to do it, uh, so I mean, I try to reduce my, especially like I get, I, I've suspected endometriosis and I get really bad periods. And no matter how much I try to supplement with all kinds of stuff and turmeric and meditate, uh, I still get pretty bad cramps. And so for the first two days, like I just take it really easy. If I can walk, then I will go out for a walk. Uh, and I try to get a bit of movement in, but I don't force myself to do anything in those two days that feels really like not nice for me. Uh, and I just focus on just um, chilling and yeah, light movement, drinking lots of water and just like taking a little bit of a break. But socially, I, I'm too, I'm, I feel pretty crap. So I don't tend to socialize much in, in those kind of two to three days anyway. Fair enough. You just mentioned that actually um, I had a question about, and I don't know too much about this, but for women who are on the pill, how does it change um, Mm. the cycle? And I guess are there different considerations? So with, yes, it is super interesting, right? So with hormonal birth control, um, basically it shuts down our own natural supply of hormones and it suppresses ovulation so um the thing that most people say to me is when they come in and I and I notice that they are on hormonal birth control they also say oh and I also have depression and oh I also have anxiety or also um I've broken my wrist twice uh things like that and I'm like hang on um so our synthetic hormones um that are in hormonal birth control if you think about like if you have a key that fits into a lock and you could kind of jam the key around and eventually it might break the lock and force it open whereas our own natural hormones 
are like you slide the key into a lock and it just pops open. So the synthetic hormones will do the job, but they're not like our own. And so we get side effects from synthetic hormones. So um, that's why people, when you go on, on the pill or you get like mood swings and acne and weight gain and uh, water retention and uh, all kinds of a myriad of things, it's, it's because it's, it's just not effective as, as our, own, our own hormones that our bodies produce. Um, so it does mean that there is a baseline because there is no natural hormone production. So there is no natural cycle in, in which you're working with your body. Um, so for my clients who, who choose to stay on hormonal birth control, they just train to how they feel, right? Because we're going to naturally have a week where we probably, if we've been training relatively hard, feel like we need to decrease the volume. So I say like work to an intensity scale as opposed to, working with your cycle you you follow a four-week cycle still but you choose when you take your deload week um and generally if they're getting a pill bleed they will feel pretty meh in that week anyway and that's when they will deload um i would just quickly like to point out i'm not against hormonal birth control i think it is a great measure especially for people with endometriosis where the marina is the only cure right now for managing endometriosis um but there are heaps of different alternatives uh, that we are not educated about. So if you haven't heard of a daisy, I want you to go and Google a daisy and I want you to watch a YouTube on it. Uh, it's an artificial intelligence which helps tell you when you're fertile and you don't need to put chemicals in your body to stop getting pregnant if that's what you don't want or to help you get pregnant if that's also what you want. Yes, your daisy. Um, I actually looked into that and I totally forgot yeah. that I was meant to get one. I just wrote a note <laughs> to get it again. To look yeah. at it. it looks incredible. Um, and so that's just you measure your temperature every morning. Is that how it works? Yeah, so it's a really cool little device. I got one because uh, I, uh, I went off hormonal birth control maybe because I was like getting, like, I already had like, I get bad anxiety and depression. Um, and at the time I had undiagnosed ADHD. I didn't know, uh, but it, it, it manifests for me in really severe mood swings uh, and really severe anxiety. And uh, every time I went on a hormonal birth control, I was like making my mood so much more severe and I just couldn't get a grip on it. Um, so I eventually, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I just, I'm a crazy person. So uh I was like looking into natural alternatives, right? So I was like, when I was thinking maybe I'll just get a copper IUD, but I'd already had an IUD and like, I was like, oh, it was a little painful to put in and a little painful to pull out. And I was really like, like I didn't want to do it again. So I, I was like, I wonder what other alternatives there is to hormonal. And uh, I came across the daisy. And so it's a little basal uh, temperature uh little scanner that you put in your mouth under your tongue every morning you only need four hours of consecutive sleep in order to temp but it has an artificial intelligence inside of it so it learns your body and it learns the small fluctuations and in, oh. in patterns and yeah how where your fertility status lies so uh if my ovulation is late it will just keep giving me reds so that I know like oh ovulation is just late I'm not accidentally pregnant or anything like that it's it's telling me, hey, you're under stress. Like, there's a reason your ovulation is late. It's bringing attention to it. 
Um, and when you, basically it's like when you get red, you use condoms or you just abstain from sex. Uh, when you get oranges, uh, that's when it's learning your body. Uh, you can use condoms or abstain again. Uh, and then greens, good to go. Not going to get pregnant. So, I mean, it's really, really simple. And I've been using it for six years, longer than since I got married. Uh, yeah, six years ago. Six years ago, no accidents, nothing. So it's 99.4, yeah, 99.4% effective. And all I do is I put it in my mouth every single morning. As soon as I wake up, I get a light. I follow the light system. It compares it against 1 million other cycles of other women who are using it. So it, it kind of collates data and analyzes it as well. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So it, how does it, um, so it's comparing your data against other people that are using it. What's it comparing against? Yeah. It's just finding patterns. So it's basically, they say that there's a database of 1 million other cycles as well. So if you have an irregular cycle, it can look at the data and and uh, kind of compare and see irregularities. So it's just helping it to be more effective in, in finding patterns and regularities with other people's cycles as well. Cool. I did not know that part of it. Yeah, yeah it's very cool. Um, I also had a copper IUD and it made me anemic for four, five years. Um, because, oh my gosh, my periods were so heavy and I don't usually get like cramping or anything, but I would be like doubled over in pain. And it was just like, don't want to get too graphic, but like a murder scene the first two days. It was, mm. it was losing so much blood. And I kept going back to doctors, like, I'm so tired. My iron was like eight on a scale of it should be like 18 to 300 or something. And mm. I was way off. And finally, I said to my doctor, like, well, maybe my periods are too heavy because I have this IUD. And she's like, oh, yeah, that could be it. It's like, well, thank you. I've only been looking at this for like four years. Yeah. <laughs> Take it out. Um, so it's definitely yeah. a good alternative. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's so much easier. I just like. You know, I put a battery in it every now and then. It's a lifetime device, so you you the the upfront cost is like relatively expensive. It's around five hundred dollars, but you know, I'm pretty sure they have like afterpay. Um, and it's gonna last you until you go through menopause. So, you know, I replace the battery in the back, and off it goes. And it's got all of my data stored in in the Daisy and in an app, and so I can kind of compare my own data to it. It's, it's pretty cool. Awesome. Thank you. Definitely going to look into that. And that's such a good alternative for anyone else that's listening as well. Um, just conscious mm. of time. So what are you, what are you focusing on? And I guess what's next for Katie? What, what are you doing at the moment? Oh, so I have a goal uh, in regards to fitness, I guess I, I have a goal. I'm, I'm wanting to do five half marathons. There's not a time cap on this five half marathons in five different places. Um, I have done two, two already. Uh, and I just, I met a Iron Woman the other day, a five-time Iron Woman from Hawaii, and we are going to Hawaii in August. And she was like, I'll run a half marathon with you. Uh, oh, my God. That's so epic. I'm going to go and run a half marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, so this is my next goal. And so now I'm focusing on really getting a bit quicker so that I'm not like, she's like miles ahead of me and me being like, okay, bye. See, see you in two hours. <gasps> Ironmen are like next level. Anyone that says they're doing an yeah. Ironman, I'm like, you are some kind of crazy. Like, I mean, good on yeah. you. But holy, that is a lot of training, exercise, just stress on the body. Just yeah, it was insane. Kind of person. 
Yeah, I asked her when she was training how many out like how many hours a week was she putting into training and she said she had professional coaches and and stuff like that but she was training about 20 hours a week yeah does she have a job yeah no wow that was her job professional athlete oh true yeah it'd be hard to do if you had like a full-time job as well and other responsibilities yeah good on her that's awesome Mm. that's so exciting how cool are you Yes, I'm so excited. So that's my main goal at the moment. And then just uh, focusing on, like, I would love to open my own thought coaching studio here in New Zealand. So, I mean, watch the space, hopefully soon. Yeah. Well, I've sent um, the the women who are doing um, my coaching program at the moment are really excited to work with you and with Flow Coach. And I, can, I think that's a huge... Um, a huge differentiator which I really try to bring to my coaching as well is actually get people like yourself involved in mm. you know and where it's not my expertise like how can we actually help women mm. from a holistic perspective it's where we're actually looking mm. at things like training and your cycle and hormones and it's not just one because I think a lot of the time people just have like one thing that they focus on and then it's like so disjointed mm. So I'm really excited to yeah. be able to um to bring that to women where it's like let's actually look at this from a holistic perspective and attack everything at once. Um and so if anyone is interested in finding you or working with you, how can they reach out to you? So they can find me on Instagram at flowcoachkatie, um, or I have my website which is www.flowcoach.co.nz and I am there also. And flow is F L O. With no W. Yes, it's flow as in flow. So yes, it's flow. (laughs) Have to be said with that tone as well. (laughs) Sing it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Katie. This has been an amazing conversation and so educational as well. Um, I've got a lot from it and there's a lot of takeaways that I'm going to implement in my life. And I hope anyone who is listening has found the same. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. As always, it's an absolute pleasure.